0: Hey y'all! Welcome to Bow Conversations with B. Your guest. This is our first episode, second season. I am so excited. Listen, I am your host, Brandy of Bow Conversations, and I'm so glad that you're here. I have my special guest here, but before I introduce her, first I want to shout out a couple of people. Y'all know I'm about to shout out my brand, uh, Bow, uh, um, B. Anderson Collection. Uh, this is color uh, power red go ahead and grab that live life in color cuz honey that's what we doing also I want to shout out Gracie who is my nail tag thank you girl for making my hands look pretty and also to my girl Akia Hill who is a custom wig maker out in DeSoto Texas baby she is making sure that my hair is looking right and tight all right we got that all out the way so let's go ahead and get started I am so glad that y'all are here watching this is my special guest here And um, we're going to ask a question to break down her name here in a bit, but I will introduce her as Cherry, which is how I was introduced to her. So Cherry is the CEO of Advent Development Group, a personal and professional development firm. Offering services that help you level up in your career and life, helping others accomplish their goals and their passion. She is an advocate for continuous learning and believes that you can never have too many skills in your toolbox. She holds a MBA, CPCU and a CHFC designation, respectively. Full-time, Cherry works for a Fortune 50 company as an Operation Excellence Analyst, where she support leads in coaching their teams to to high performance. She recently graduated from University of Texas Dallas Graduate Executive Coaching Program, also, Cherry is also the president and founder of um Ark of Noah, the Ark of Noah, a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to help those impacted by domestic violence, sexual assault, by educating and equipping and empowering clients from victim to conqueror. Her greatest life opportunity is the honor of being a mother to her son Noah. Her words to live by is when life gives you lemons, become a lemonade conqueror. CR. Welcome, 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 Cherry. I am so glad that you are here.
1: Yay! Thank (laughs) you so much for having me. Yes,
0: ma'am. So to kick us off, so listen, y'all, I went and did research on Cherry. You know, when you get speakers, you know, if they have books or different, um, you know, uh, coaching programs and all the different things, you look all that stuff up because you want to make sure you know who the person you're talking to. But I stumbled across something. So, Cherry, when I went on your website, I saw another name. Please let us know. I stumbled across the name Cassandra. And I was like, who is Cassandra? So, tell us a little bit about who is Cassandra Cherry and
1: why do you go by Cherry? Girl, you're so silly. Like... <laughs> The same person, okay, y'all. It's just this is my government name, all right. She ah! got of my government name out here. I'm hiding, all right? I'm hiding. Come <laughs> oh, my name is Cherry. <laughs> so it's so it's not there's no big story behind calling me Cherry. I played sports when I was younger. You know, when you play sports, people call you by your last name. There's really yeah. no big story behind it. Um, so it just sticks, right? So um everyone calls me Cherry even for my siblings though it's the same way people call call them by their last my cherry too so really? I don't know. there's no big big thing in it but you know in corporate america i go by cassandra
0: listen <laughs> you know what but you know what you you know what cherry i have a girlfriend who does the same thing i am not gonna call her out but she uses when she gets into corporate she uses her middle name because it's very studious <laughs> i'm like girl
1: girl. i mean like let's keep it real like corporate just starting to turn a little bit right like so now i'm like now i can go to work looking like this right Uh, girl flawlessly um but before now you got a nice little bun i I have on some nice little diamond earrings right like because that was just what the environment was that's what the environment called for like it just is what it is period period
0: (laughs) so um, so what would you, I call you Cherry. Would you prefer for me to call you Cherry?
1: Cherry is absolutely fine.
0: Awesome. <laughs> well, Cherry, let's get into it. So tell me what is Advent Development Group? Who is it for?
1: So Advent Development Group is a personal and professional development firm. Um, and we really provide services around mainly career development or personal and professional development, right? So think mm-hmm. about resume writing, Think about if you need your LinkedIn profile um, updated, if you need prep for interviewing. And then my big, big, big piece is coaching. I am absolutely, I love to coach, right? I love to help others develop and to get to the goals that they're trying to get to. And that doesn't just have to be from a career standpoint. That can also be just kind of in your personal life, too.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit of the personal life. So let's, let's focus on that. So I know and I, I, because our focus in today's conversation is about um, your nonprofit focused around domestic violence and sexual assault. So your personal coaching, when you talk, when you just mentioned personal coaching, what type of personal coaching do you give through your business?
1: Yeah, so the two are separate, right? So mm-hmm. you think about the Ark of Noah and people that maybe have experienced severe trauma because they've been in a domestic violence type relationship. Yep. I would not um in an official capacity coach that type of client. Okay. That type of client would need to go through counseling, right? Mm-hmm. Like coaching and counseling are completely different. Um, So that kind of client would need to go through counseling. Now, once they're in a place where they have began to overcome some of that trauma um, and they've been able to go back in their history and do that work and they're ready to like really look forward, coaching looks forward, right? It doesn't really address those deep rooted and seated issues, you need counseling for that. But when you're ready to move forward, then that's where we can go from a coaching perspective. From a Advent Development Group perspective, Mm -hmm. the for-profit business, coaching, same thing, right? So you need to be in a place where you are not hindered or on pause because of a traumatic event. You're just looking to, you need help in trying to drive and increase your, or or reach your goals, right? If it's a career move, I don't know what to do. You need someone to kind of help you navigate through that piece of it. Or if it's not career related and you just have, maybe you have a conflict, right? Um, I'm certified in conflict coaching. So maybe you have a particular conflict that you're trying to work through and you keep showing up the same way and you wanna learn how to show up in a different way so that that conflict can be resolved or so that you not always feeling harsh or mad or angry because somebody then ticks you off, right? Like coaching can help you in that aspect, too, to help you show up differently.
0: Okay, great, 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 great. So the coaching and the nonprofit, very different, two different entities. So let's talk about your different entity. So um, you have this nonprofit. It's called um, The Ark of Noah. Who and why? What made you start?
1: this nonprofit, yeah that's gonna be a long answer but that's okay girl
0: that's okay we're here for the long answer honey (laughs) this is going to bless somebody and help somebody so we're here for the long answer
1: (laughs) all right so that journey is man 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 so I am a survivor of domestic violence right um so the organization is named after my son, but it's also has a biblical meaning to it, obviously, um, as well, if you're familiar with the story of Noah in the Bible, right? Um, but in going through my relationship, the toxic relationship that I was in, my son was birthed out of that relationship, and he truly became my lifeline. Had he not been born and that light bulb not gone off for me because I knew that I am all he has. And now I have to be able to protect him, to raise him, to be who I'm supposed to be to him. Had I not had him, I probably would have stayed in a relationship Mm -hmm. because nothing had that light bulb hadn't gone off for me in that moment. Right. It wasn't until I had him. So that's why the organizations um, named the Ark of Noah, um, because Noah was my lifeline. My son was my lifeline. Um, It came about, to be quite honest, because I was upset um angry, hurt, maybe even a little bitter um with the court system and how the process went for me when um i found myself in court trying to get protective orders and not trying to just trying to be free of the drama, right? and the threats and the fear that I was having, and man, I will tell you that it was challenging. And all I could think was, if I wasn't as educated as I am, right? As research driven as I am, as strong as I am, I would have buckled. And so I can't imagine for some people that may, and I didn't have no bukus of money, right? But I had a little bit in terms of being able to afford an attorney and yada, yada, right? Like, but if someone doesn't have the resources that I have, if someone doesn't have the drive just innately already in them to have to go and do these things, they're not going to want to. It's almost like I would rather just deal with the person than to have to go through this court system and deal with some of those things, right? So when you look at, so one of the examples I always talk about with my own court case um, is when you're going to get a protective order and that's all you think you're going for, right? Like, that's it, right? Like, I'm just trying to stop. I'm just trying to be safe and I'm going to get this protective order. And it's been explained to me that that's all we're doing today, nothing else. And in that protective order hearing, um, they grant you the protective order. They add your child's name in the protective order so that you both are in this little bubble. They increase the, I think it's typically like, you can't come within 100 yards or 200 yards or something like that, right, of the person. They increase that bubble based on the testimony and the evidence. First of all, let me ask y'all this. Did you know that you have to like literally testify? Like get on the stand to get a protective order? I thought you just go stand in front of a judge, tell a little bit of the story, attorney talk. And nah, I had a two-day trial. <laughs> like literally. So yeah. So that's a whole nother piece of it. But anyway, um, so you get the protective order. For you and your child. Your child's named in it because they will oftentimes separate the two. They'll say the child's not named in it. It's just for the the, the parent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Or the person that's the victim. And in that same breath, they then grant visitation, unsupervised. So... Under, I, like,
0: restricted... Really?
1: Hmm. So the person that's restricted from doing anything seeing being around me being in the same within a thousand yards like i said they made the bubble bigger um me and the the child that's named in it you did tell me i have to go and meet this person hand over my infant son and feel like my son's going to be safe with them Mm. right and this is the person that i'm fearful of i'm here because i'm fearful of what may transpire Mm -hmm. Literally. And so I was angry. I was pissed off, like just keeping it real. I was angry. I had no clue that that was even an option, that something like that could have happened because my I would have done something else. I wouldn't have went to go get a protective order. Oh, no. If I knew that that potentially was an option. No, mm -mm, I'm not going.
0: So let's go. Let's go backwards. So Something happened in order for you to even go to court and ha- and get the protective order. So when we, you know, because we're, we're focused on um, you going through domestic violence, which led you to open up this nonprofit, was the domestic violence physical? I know in terms, people, when they hear that, they typically think it's physical or was it other abusive things that happened and how long were you in this relationship before you realized i need to do something
1: yeah i'm glad you asked that because that's a great question right um for me yes it was physical um it was all the things except for financial hmm. because i had my own job right i had my own job i had my own place um that i did not allow him access um, from that standpoint. So it was physical, emotional, um, even spiritual. There's so many different forms of abuse. Um, the one abuse, I cannot say it was financial because I had I had funds put to the side, right? That I could go and do what I needed to do. Um, but to say t- to your point, um, of how did we even get to the part of me being in a courtroom, I tried to leave, right? And I had tried to leave before, right? On average, it takes a woman seven times before she leaves. And I'm saying women because typically it is one in three women that experience it. And I believe one in seven for men, right? Not that men are immune to it, absolutely not. But majority of the time it is the woman that is the victim, right? Um, and so I had tried to leave several times within the relationship, and I kept going back, right? Like you he do the tears and all of that, make you feel bad, do the manipulation, a little bit of love bombing, buy you some things, all of that good stuff. Um, and so I would keep going back. And so this particular time it was right after I had my son, my son was an infant. So when I was in the court system, my child was literally an infant. Um, and it was maybe just a couple of months after I had had him. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I I knew that I got to get out of it. I got to get out of it. Right. And so this time I tried to do kind of that cold Turkey, like. It ain't got to be no conversation. I'm not going to get into no big argument because I already know where that's going to lead me. Right. So it was kind of a don't answer calls, cold turkey, yada, yada. But of course, he knew where I lived. He knew where I worked, all of those things. Um, And so that's where like the stalking kind of began. And then it it just gradually progressed. So they say that when a woman leaves the situation, that's the most dangerous time, right? And so it was gradually progressing to showing up in places that I was, um, being in my like parking garage, parking spot, waiting on me when I would arrive home, um, leaving stuff at my door. And then it graduated to like text messaging and threats and even kind of mental health scares, mm-hmm. because it was more of that, I know that I'm gonna get a response from her if I go this route, right? But I stuck to it from the standpoint of, I never would reach out. I would never answer the calls or anything like that. But I, you, you gotta think about it, right? So I've been in this relationship. It's not that I don't have love for the person. I clearly love the person, right? But I knew that I couldn't get pulled back into that that manipulation circle, that power of control. And so I was doing stuff like reaching out to his family and saying, y'all just may need to check on him. Right. Because of the extent of some of the um, threats that were being made. And so it was really my family that encouraged me to go get a protective order. Quite honestly, I never wanted to do that. Um, But my family isn't local to where i am and so they were like like nobody's there with you right like you gotta at least do some of this paper trail stuff to track i just felt like a protection it's just a piece of paper right and i mean it is it's just a piece of paper but they were encouraging me to kind of go the the legal the legal route and again they just opened up a whole another can of worms that i just was not was not you know expecting But here's the thing, although I had to go through my feelings about that, too, right? Because I'm like, man, I would have never did this on my own. Like, so I was mad at my family a little bit, just a tiny bit. Um, I knew that their intentions were good. But I had to navigate through even those kind of feelings because then your brain starts to think about, well, if I had done it this way or if I had done it my way and the reality of even all of those thoughts. What happened, happened the way it was supposed to. Because if I hadn't been mad in the court system and ticked off, I would have never started the Arkanoa. Mm. I just wouldn't have, right? Because I wouldn't so have had anything to be...
0: Um, you mentioned something earlier. Like you you said... Um. So you just said, you know, your family had some influence on you um, fouling the restraining order. But then earlier you mentioned... If I would have known that I was gonna to have to go through all of this, I probably wouldn't have done it. so, what do you think you would have done to protect yourself ran mm.
1: I would have left. I'd have packed up and left.
0: Where would you have gone?
1: I don't know Without- but it's not like it's not again it's yeah not like I don't have I have family right yeah. like so I'm not from here, so if i even if I yeah. had a went back home right like I didn't have a necessarily thought out plan at the time, but there is no way on God's beautiful green earth. Had I known that the court system was going to go the way that it went, that that, oh my goodness, no, I would have never, because here's the reality, even so I'm, I'm behind that now, right? Or I'm mm. ahead of it. That piece of paper, and I am never going to discourage someone from going to get it. You absolutely need it because the courts require a paper trail. That's what it is. It's in these particular situations, because oftentimes it's a he said, she said, and even the things that seem black and white, meaning I can walk in there with proof and pictures, that's not as black and white in the court system. It's black and white to us, right? We like, mm, duh, duh. To us, we can put it together and say it makes sense. But legally, that's not how the law works, right? So I can understand that now, but when Mm -hmm. you in it, it's black and white to you. So you like, look, this, y'all saying that this is what happened. How do you do, you know, how do you then go and do X, Y, and Z? So I'm not, I would never discourage someone from going to get one. I think you need to, because I think it's part of the paper trail in order to get to wherever you ultimately need to get to right, um, but sometimes it's damaging when you Ooh. get caught up in the legal system. It just is, and especially if you have, if you're in a domestic violence situation and you have children, they still have rights, no matter what they've done to you. As the other parent, they still have rights, and that can be a hard pill to swallow. Sometimes.
0: So what, um, so with you going through that, what would you say to the woman who will come across this, who's going through it?
1: What would you say to her? So I think there's no advice, right? Like, Mm. and here's why. And that's coaching is the same way a person's not going to leave a situation until they are ready to leave, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not a, like for us as outsiders, when Mm -hmm. we know our loved one is in a harmful, being harmed, right? Or in an environment that's, that's toxic and we love them, we often tend to put our all, right like we tend toes down because we don't want them there and we want that's that's great like we want them to feel your love but what you cannot do is tell them what they need to do hmm. because here's the thing so i said just a few minutes ago oftentimes when we leave that's when it's the most dangerous it is absolutely the most dangerous that is statistics like that it's reading you can google it and you can find it in the hard stats, right if you tell somebody or you just go and intervene the way you want to intervene you don't know what damage you may be causing or doing on the end right so what i say to women is number one if you are open to some sort of help you reach out to your local domestic violence agency If you don't know who the local agencies are, then you call the hotline. It's thehotline.org, right? Um, You can chat with them. Like, you literally can go to their website and chat. If you don't want to make a phone call, you can call them. They have counselors um, available 24-7. And they have conversation. So sometimes the first step is just being able to have some conversation so that you understand whatever fears that you have, right? they can help you walk through some of that. They can help you create a safety plan so that you can safely leave when you are ready and the time is right. Just out here willy-nilly in it because you know our loved ones want to get us out of these, it's not the safe way to do it. It's not the safe way to do it. So if you're in something, um, if you're in a situation that you know is not healthy and it's harmful to you or your children, Just the first step you can take is to tell someone, right? And for the people that are watching, if you are the person (laughs) that someone comes to and tells, please be kind. Please be gentle. Don't tell them what they need to do. Be an ear and then go research. You go look up the hotline number. You yourself can call the hotline and you can just gather information and pass Mm it on.
0: That's really. I'm. I'm glad you said that because, um, oftentimes, when a loved one is going through something, they, the family members, they, you know, to your point that they want to help as much as possible. They want to show that they want to extend their love, their support, their offerings, their words, their showing up, the food, the the hugs, the all the things and in that particular situation that may not always be the way to support but also cherry that's the only way they know to support because they've never been through that you know what i mean like it's also i know that's hard on the other side of the stick to empathize with the person that doesn't understand but all they know is that they want to help but also for that as well is to say to the person that they're just giving you what they know to give. They don't know no what no other way to give it. Yeah. So, I know you talked about family. Um how was that support from both parties? Were you able to talk to his family or talk to you know your family and what did that actually look like?
1: Yeah, there was no support um on the other side from from that standpoint and You know it's it's been a while so i don't have any ill feelings from that space anymore but when i was in it i kind of felt like i had an expectation that they would do something Mm. you know and here's the thing though i can't factually say that they didn't try to right like that they didn't try to intervene some way i honestly i have no clue no Mm. idea don't know Um, but my family, my family was, you know, again, very supportive. I think at some point you, you don't know what to do. So kind of to the, the, the point that you were saying, like me and my brother, I have an older brother that we're really, really, I got multiple older brothers, but I have one older brother that I'm really, really, um, close with. And I remember him, um, I remember him just saying like, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know what else. Like, I don't know what else tangibly and physically, right, that I can do. I remember him specific he was the first person I called after I got out the courtroom for the first time. Yeah. And for the protective order. And I remember him before I went to court. I remember him saying to me, like a ju- like no judge would like give him um your child given all of this stuff that you got and that you got documented and that's like the solid proof and then that happened and he's the first person i called and it was like so now and he and i have talked about this so now he's kind of feeling like i can't say nothing else right like because i don't want to encourage something and then the opposite happens. And I don't like, I know for the longest time, like he just didn't know he was supportive, he was an ear um, and those things I needed, right? I needed to feel like I had somebody to lean on that wasn't judgmental and he did that for me, right? But at the same time, I know for a fact that he felt like he didn't do enough, that he wasn't, he he couldn't tangibly do something, right? from that standpoint so it's hard it's a hard line to it's a hard line on both sides right and we do this in in relationships friendships all of that right we tend to just tell people if if your girl call you today and she got an issue right maybe it's not nothing about domestic violence but she got an issue she's talking through it with you and you're gonna say girl you need to right like that is innate. That's a natural mm-hmm. given instinct. We trying to help our friend. We know our friend. So yeah, let me just tell you what I think. It's what you what you need to do. Like mm-hmm. and go do that girl. And if, and then if she comes to you with that same issue 5 years straight, right? At some point you're going to be like, "Nah, I don't told her what she needs to do." And now I'm mad that you even still coming to me with this, right? Like I got an issue with the fact that you come to me with this issue still when I told you four years ago (laughs) that you should do X, Y, and Z. So now as the friend who's supposed to be the soft space, now I'm mad, I'm all riled up. And then I probably look at her some kind of way too. Because she ain't did what I told her to do, mm-hmm. so this is across the board in relationships, right? It's not just so I, I I understand that it's a again it's a hard line to follow, but I just say follow the golden rule and you know treat yeah. the way you want to be treated. So if you take a step back and think about if I was in this person's shoes, mm-hmm. what would I want? And you probably would want to be heard, seen, and supported.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Cause sometimes we don't step outside of ourselves. We look at the situation of like, what would I do opposed to the person is showing you what they are going to do. And so sometimes just listening to um, sometimes hear patterns, listen to things that they may be saying certain words that they're using and being mindful of that to say, uh, to yourself as the sounding board, how can I help this person or what else What else do, does this person need? How can I support you? Um, I know friends and family and relationships, they mean well when they give their advice because they just want to see you out of whatever feeling you're in, whatever situation you're in, whatever is giving you pain. They don't want to see you in pain anymore. Mm-hmm and so the advice comes from a very good place but sometimes the advice does harm to the other person because they didn't live your life experience but it doesn't mean to the friend or to the person don't give the advice maybe there's just a different way on how you present it to that person
1: yeah just don't take it don't don't take yeah. it personal right like yeah. don't don't hold on to it if mm-hmm. you gave some advice and you don't see them acting it out, right? Sometimes, especially in the domestic violence space, it takes time. So they may be listening because you can't see them acting it out. You don't know how they're prepping and preparing to get out, right? Mm -hmm. Like, So just because you don't see it either doesn't mean that something's not happening for them. They're listening.
0: And the other thing that I think that we're not considering too, is the fact that I don't know what Cherry has experienced in childhood or in her lifespan leading up to this very moment on why her mental capacity is saying, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to receive his love. I don't know for me, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you've experienced to make you believe have this belief system to still sit in this space there are some people and maybe you'll you'll talk about this as we you know transition over into the uh the ark of noah is that there are some that are stronger than the others they're just like oh i'm not, i'm not doing this i'm out you know like they still experience all the things that you said but they have The capacity, the level of capacity in their life experiences lend them to be able to be like, deuces, you ain't got to show me once. You show me one time, maybe twice, but I'm out. Where someone who has different abandonment issues, love issues. Um, not this is this is the example of what they've seen in their household before. This is what they've seen mama go through. So they think this baby behavior is OK. Where somebody outside looking in is just like, girl, girl, you don't see what you
1: know,
0: yeah. you know, like it's so. But it's due to the life experiences and the stuff that we did not have. And sometimes some of the stuff that we viewed. And so that built into our belief system. So where there's moments when I sometimes hear people, and I've done this before, I would never, but like when you're in it, you be like, oh Lord, all your other stuff start coming up. Like all the things that you, de- that you ain't dealt with, they start coming up and they start um, to dictate decisions and all these different things. And so I, I agree with you that as a person who's never dealt with that, um, and then also talking to a person like I can receive, like be kind, be a sounding board, ask how you can support them. And sometimes they may not know. They'll just tell you, I don't know and be OK with they don't know. But you still show up the way that you can to support them. And if it's too much, they'll let you know. If it's just enough, they'll let you know is to the capacity of what they can.
1: Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I Like you hit two things for me yeah. um, that I just love. Um, So in talking about you don't know what the person's childhood and all of that um, looks like, here's the reality. No matter if it's the victim or the person that is there to offer support, we can only take out the tools that we have in the toolbox. That's it. Right. And we can no matter what you want me to do, no matter what you tell me to do or no matter if you are the the supporter, right? And yeah. you're frustrated because they not doing something. Yeah. If you don't have the tools to, to help them, then, you, okay, we got to get a little broader, okay? So maybe you go call for them, maybe you get some information, maybe you educate yourself, right? So you can learn a little better how to deal. And then for the person that's um, the victim, we have to help place those resources and tools in their hands, right? And so if I grew up experiencing or even seeing domestic violence, let's just say seeing it, it's no surprise based on statistics that I now find myself in a situation where I am um, on the receiving end of that. Right. That's the tool that I know. I don't know any better, even though from a common sense perspective, I should know better. No, I don't have that tool in my Mm -hmm. toolbox, right? It's I mean, this applies across the board. I don't care if you're talking about parenting, right? If I grew up with a toxic mother, how I parent my child, if I don't break that cycle, if I don't get some therapy and get a better understanding and maybe even take some parenting classes, right? To upskill myself, to learn more. I'm gonna repeat the same patterns that I saw. So across the board, relationships, intimate relationships, regular relationships, we can only use the tools that we have in our toolbox. Now we can go out and we can learn and we can educate ourselves and we can acquire more tools But you do what you can with what you got in the moment, right? Um, So that's one thing. And you had hit on something else that made me, I don't even remember what it was. Maybe I think about it as we keep going. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I I just think that's a, that's a huge part Mm -hmm. of, part of it, looking back at your past, which is why I also said, if, Everybody's not a candidate for coaching. Some people need counseling first mm-hmm. before
0: mm-hmm. you can really
1: move forward um, with coaching.
0: So now we, we inquire about you know leading up to you started us off at the courthouse. we went backwards. Now we're at we have the Noah, we have the Ark of Noah, which is your baby. Tell us how this was birthed.
1: Yeah, listen. <laughs> so when I got myself <laughs> to a better place, I told y'all I was mad, I was angry. Yeah, I was about to start. Like I didn't want to start no um organization, but like I, I for real wanted to like just get. Like I I started looking and understanding more about politics. How the judges mm-hmm. got um put on the bench and how long they done been there. Like, I was mad because I'm like, what kind of judge would make this decision? Yeah. Um, And then I started, because again, when you're in those situations, it feels like a you thing, right? Like, this is about you. You got it. Yeah. You. They mad at you. The system did you wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah. And our system is perfect. Yeah. By no means. But I said... I just want to know if this is happening. Like, I just need to understand if this is happening to everybody. So I started going sitting in on court cases. They're open to the public. Wow. I'm not trying to be nosy because I don't want to know anybody else's business. But I started sitting in on court cases and I was like, whoa. So my little story, it it became little very quickly because I was like, whoa, this is not a me thing this ain't happening to just me. Like Mm -hmm. nobody had a vendetta against me. This is happening in our court system. Like this is happening to women every day with, we try not to compare stories, but with way worse stories than mine, right? I'm Mm -hmm. like, I got out early, right? My My kid was an infant, so my kid didn't see Mm-hmm. particular violence, right? Whereas for some of these families and the family dynamic and I'm going and I'm seeing the exact same decisions be made. And I'm like, this ain't right. This not right. Yeah. And so fast forward, I'm just kind of I'm just out here. I, I have a eye and a a more openness to learning in this space, right? And God kept putting things on my heart. And so I'm just writing stuff down. I, you know, I try to I recently got connected to the understanding that God gives me things and all of them are not for me. Um, And so I'm much better now at like writing stuff down. So I literally, (laughs) I would be driving to work and like I would be on overflow of ideas to the point that I used to start recording myself, driving to just get it out my brain. Like it was overload, it was so much, but I did not want to do it. My friend said to me, you know, you like, because you passionate about this, like you should start a nonprofit. Like you didn't go through this experience for nothing. And the first thing I said to her was, why would I start a nonprofit? First of all, I don't got no time. And I'm definitely not for to do nothing when I don't have any time that don't make me no money. Huh? I'm not doing it. No. And she was just kind of like, you probably should start one. Like she just kept saying it like slyly, like just every now and then she'd be like, you really should. You should start one. You should start one. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then God kept giving me stuff and giving me stuff and giving me stuff. I have years worth of programming. I don't have the staff to to uh, do it all yet, but I got years worth of programming from that period of time. Like so many, so many ideas. But I was saying no, heavy like heavy not just to my friend i'm saying no to god heavy no 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 i'm not doing it (laughs) it's not gonna happen and then it was like one day i was able to flush out and i have this program has not been implemented yet but i have a program that i flushed out like literally from beginning to end not saying it ain't gonna have no tweaks but like Completely flushed out all the minor details, all the big details, location, people, all of that. And it was almost like it was a little scary because it was like, there's no way that I have all of this. And now I'm looking back and I'm scrolling back through them little notes and I'm listening to these recordings and I'm like. All right, God. I guess I will, but I ain't going to do nothing. I'm going to start it, but I ain't going to do nothing with it. Yeah. I'm going to go, and I learned how I took some, um, some classes. I went to the experts, did what I needed to do to get the paperwork and all of that stuff, got it filed, and life started happening. Like nothing to do with abuse. Like my life, it just started to oh, like death after death, after death, after death, after death in my family. It was so, my work life was crazy. Everything, it literally, it just seemed like everything started to go wrong. Yeah. Literally started to go wrong. And I was like, this is exactly why.
0: You didn't want to do it.
1: This is exactly exactly why. why I did not want to do it. And so...
0: (laughs) So you started it. the nonprofit. So what, so you, you made the, apparently you made the yes. And so with your yes, what, what resources do you provide under the Ark of Noah for anybody who's gone through domestic violence yes. or assault or a sexual assault?
1: So we're a smaller nonprofit. We are connected to some of the larger nonprofits who um, oh, that's refer yeah, that's refer over to us. But our big program, programming right now, is our Google Certificate Program. And so part of that program is clients get to take one of six um, Google certificates in the IT space, right? Um, these are in-demand, high-demand areas. And then Google has a um like a pool of companies that actually come back and hire from that um demand so our clients get to take those um certificates at absolutely no cost to them because of my expertise in the personal professional development space we then help and walk them through the resume writing, the interview prep branding listen if they've never had a corporate type job before let's talk about etiquette right like from that standpoint for some they may not have been responsible for their finances in their house right so if you are able to secure a corporate job and you're making even um more money than you've ever made in the past right we don't want you to go out there and be like yes i'm living and i'm about to just i have no budget no financial um literacy so i'm just about to to, to blow it we want you to be able to manage that Understand some of the things that you should be getting in terms of your benefits and your insurance. So we do workshops, try to walk them through all of that. Um, those particular strategies. That is our main um, initiative. The other initiative is I am often called to talk to people who are similar to me, and that was the other thing. I'm glad we we here. Like I knew it would come back full circle. Um, so one of the things is like with domestic violence, you had mentioned earlier, like it's not always physical, right? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes in some of these affluent zip codes, we act mm-hmm. like it's not happening and it is. So here I am, I did not I did not grow up in a family of domestic violence, right? So here mm-hmm. I am, I grew up in the hood, I done made it out. I done gone off and got a little degree. So I think I'm doing nice and well. Okay, got a nice little job. Oh, I'm go get another degree, right? So it looks all good on paper, right? Mm-hmm. From a society standpoint, because that's yeah. what society say, do go get a job, go get a degree, da, 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 and you're yeah. successful. Yeah. Right. But I still found myself in a situation, right? Yeah. In a relationship, a toxic yeah. relationship, a very toxic one, right? Mm-hmm. So it does not, um, it's not biased to your zip code out here in the, the, I'm in Dallas, Texas, but I'm in that good old, you know. Frisco's and the Prosper's,
0: the suburban areas,
1: <laughs> the far, far north, uh, yeah, area. Coach, y'all, it's happening, right? Yeah. It's happening right next door. It's happening across the street, and whether people want to call it that or not, it's happening. Yeah. So, another thing um that has been good in terms of services is because I can relate to those that are similar to me right Mm -hmm. and your good high corporate job um and you're having some some toxicity right like that you're having to navigate through and go through and unfortunately people aren't always quick to go to counseling Mm -hmm. and unfortunately people are not always quick to call a thing a thing Mm -hmm. right so um me being the face of the organization from that standpoint um also helps provide those services for those that it's often referral based like i get referrals all the time and sometimes people just need someone to to talk to that they feel like can understand it
0: so it looks like um uh, your nonprofit is a light for um restorative like how do we 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 know that we've gone through it you've gotten the counseling how do we bounce back into society? What bringing them into norm normalness for their lives? Yeah, exactly. We're and trying so to I find your
1: independence, right? So the bigger yeah. organizations usually have shelters attached to them, mm, Okay, which is why we are a great um, organization to kind of filter through once yeah. they've done that transitional work.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. That's really good because I know... Even when you go through life's woes and and life, you know, taking things are being taken away from you to be able to get back on your feet. Like even, you know, when you think about, you know, leaving a relationship that you've been in for years and you two have come together to make decisions and life decisions and you lived in a house and all these different things. And now that's being ripped apart how do I get back on my feet? What does that look like? Cause I've been living in this um, partnership with this person bringing our stuff together for so long that that's what I'm used to. And now you're telling me that's broken off. So I think that's a great service that you provide to men and women. And then also being able to have somebody that resonates with them to remind them that you went through the process too. And that you are not by yourself in this.
1: Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. People want to be supported, right? People yeah. want to be understood and they do not want to be judged.
0: Yeah. That's probably the biggest one for sure. Because we sometimes can look at a person and 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 say, well, why would you go through that? Like, you should have got out. Like, that's what you would do. But also you think you ain't ain't never been through this (laughs) so you say that now because you ain't never been through it that's what you would do but uh be in the thing and let's see what you say actually gets practiced in the things and it may it just may you might be right you may be the person that does the opposite but until then don't cast judgment on me just because you haven't gone through it and this is what you would have done. so I think that's the, the best advice that we could probably give to anyone who's never been through it or you're looking at a lens of somebody who's actually going through it you've never been in that position and even if you have been in that position you know so now you know what it's like to be there. what did you need what did what didn't you get? what does that look like? What feel do you remember the feelings that you had when you was in that place and the stage that they are in? Come and on, that, I mean, girl, listen. <laughs> like it's just, you know, um, and I mean, I'm speaking to myself. Like I'm glad that I'm hearing this story from you cuz sometimes I can find myself of saying, well, I would never do that. You know, but like I like I say that, but I'm like I don't know what
1: I would do. Like or if you've, if you've gone through something, right? Let's just use, I always try to find a non-toxic um, analogy. Yeah. Maybe you just got divorced, right? Maybe it, it wasn't, you know, a, a bad relationship. Y'all chose, y'all got divorced, right? And your friend is now going through divorce. Instead of being like, well, this is what I did. And this is how it, it, it worked for me, right? It may not work for the other person. Yeah. So I feel like you hit it on the head when you said, when you were here, put yourself back there and remember like, what did I want? What did I want? How did I feel? Right? Because that's mm-hmm. what you want to, that's the stuff that you want to give to your friend in in the form of support and not necessarily that they have to take the same path the way that you took it. Cause it, it may not work out for them the same way that it worked out for you.
0: Yeah. So how old is Noah now?
1: Noah is seven wow. and he is super tall. <laughs> like the kid going to be tall. I really think he's going to be crazy tall. Um, And he talks a whole lot. He's very happy.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> so Cherry, if someone stumbles across this and they want to know how can they get in contact with you, um, what are the ways um that they can get in contact with you in your organization
1: so the Arkanoa.org, um if you need support and even if you don't want to reach directly out to us or a local organization again the hotline.org they will do chats with you they will do phone calls um with you you have so many different ways um of accessing, and they will just be supported. They'll just provide you with resources. If that's all you want, if you just wanna talk with someone, they'll do that um, too. Um, on social media, the Ark of Noah, Advent Development Group, those are our um, handles. So you can just search for those. For me personally, I am fear slaying cherry on so- social media um, because I'm out here slaying fear, okay? Fear don't run this over here no more.
0: Period. <laughs> Well, Cherry, I am so appreciative of your time, your energy. Thank you so much and uh, for sharing your story, uh, the bit that you shared with us. I'm sure there's so much more, but I know for sure the woman who's going to stumble across this, they definitely are going to um, find freedom in, in this and find comfort in this so thank you so much for sharing your story i really do appreciate it thank you to our audience that are watching us um comment down below if you have any questions um let us know how this impacted you if this was helpful if you know somebody who's going through this um take the resources that cherry Cassandra gave to us um and we we are so grateful so thank you for watching uh watching this you'll see us every other wednesday at 6 30 p.m central standard time um and thank you so much bye y'all